0: Financielle is founded by sisters Holly Holland and Laura Pomfret, two non-tech girls in a fintech world who both gave up corporate life to put financial wellness on the agenda. Creating a tool to help mainly females understand their money, get excited about it and operate their own wealth like a mini business and truly be the CEO of their own life. Listen to their journey from Instagram page to ebook to app through bootstrapping and then seed investment. How taking one job at a time and going all in has created a ladder to success. I think, first of all, let's start at the beginning. You are to non-tech girls in a tech world and really two non-finance girls in a finance world so I want to kind of ask um what were you both doing before you started Financiale?
1: I was a lawyer Mm -hmm. um I was an in-house lawyer at a travel company I started off as a lawyer in the city and then Moved in house and joined a, a wonderful business up here in Manchester.
2: I started my career at Manchester United yeah. in the global sponsorship team. So, yeah. working with big brands like Nike and Chevrolet, really like working really experiential, creative stuff. So, I'm very much into that marketing mindset. Like Laura said, no tech experience whatsoever. Um, and then Laura approached me to go and work for the travel company that she worked for. There wasn't currently a partnerships team or sponsorship mm-hmm. team there. So, I helped that, set that up in the early days um, and worked there for a few years. And then I'm sure we'll come on to it. But when Financial started, it was Laura's kind of hobby and um, brainchild when she was on maternity leave with her middle child, Albie. Um, And then when COVID hit, loads of people came to Laura for help on her social channels. She started to build this community. And then the more we talked about it and the more we saw people needed help, we really had a solution that helped people. I say we, Laura created it. And then she was like, You could help me do this. Do you want to do it? And I think just at the time COVID, everything was up in the air. I think I was actually on furlough. Um, and you'd used the product. product. So, so, so I was like the first customer, if you like, yeah. from Test Laura. It. I was like the second customer, so you if you did. like. It. Yeah, she it worked. Me. Yeah. And I was like, actually, yes, it could, this could help people. And like Laura said, the tech thing didn't scare us. I suppose we were naive in a good way. Mm-hmm. It was a good mm-hmm. thing. If we knew what the road ahead, we might not have done it. It was child number one,
1: right. where I had to get my money shit together. Yeah. So that was when I was 23 and I was pregnant with Ava. And um, I look back now and, God, that feels young. And lots of other people have children earlier, I know. And, um, you know, I see Gen Zs living their best life and going, oh, I like kind of never did that. I had to go quite, what felt like quite quickly. Yeah. I know people have children younger, but um, I was a trainee lawyer. yeah. And so prior to falling pregnant with Ava, I was just pretty normal. I spent everything yeah. i earned if you've not really been taught how to manage it or if you've not got a desperation moment you just spend and i would have just carried on on that path i even opted out of my pension um because i felt that oh i'll do it when i earn more money um now that i know so much about finance i know that was the worst possible compound decision i'm sure joel will be rolling his eyes <laughs> in the fact that i did that and he'll know his numbers and, and know that i shouldn't have done that but um when i felt pregnant i suddenly was like oh, okay, so I've got to be responsible for something else. Really privileged position that I had parents that could house me and I didn't have to, you know, um, pay for everything on my own. I was very, very lucky. This wasn't a poverty cry. But I was like, I have nothing to show for myself. I've had a good wage for two years. I was like, what's the future for me? Like, what's the plan? This is going to be hard because I was a single parent. And um, that's when it started. And if you think about, I guess, my skill set as a lawyer was take something complicated, try and work out what it means, and make it simple for the client. So that was my skill set. My skill set wasn't like really, really intricate detail. I'm a much bigger picture person, but I like simplifying things. And so I will fight to understand something. I will ask a question, ask a question, keep going until I'm not bothered about looking like I'm the stupid person in the room. I will say, I'm sorry, I don't understand that. To the point where I did this with finance. And I was like, why is this so complicated? Why do people why is it so overwhelming and it's because loads of people have a view on it everyone handles money it's a bit like food or fitness everyone's got a perspective so it's really hard to find what you think's the right thing um and I just thought this is overwhelming I need to work out one thing at a time and I went on a 10-year journey and ended up you know paying wow, off 25,000 pounds worth of worth of debt I, I paid off a Range Rover people always asked me about managing money because they could see I was just very calm with it. So this yeah. isn't about someone going, "Oh, you drive a Ferrari, tell me about money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People just saw that I didn't get overwhelmed. I always had a plan. I yeah. knew what a, where a bonus was going. I could I afford a nice holiday, but I talked about investments. And so people do ask questions. Yeah. And, and so on mat leave with number two, I we just sold the business that I worked for. It went through an MBO and I was in fact the night before I gave birth that was still on this deal yeah yeah so I was doing 18 hour days out of choice by the way my poor employer was like please go home yeah, and stop yeah. working mm-hmm. but that was just how, how I worked to then doing nothing because when you've got a newborn it doesn't do anything yeah so other yeah than like sleep I was like what can you do so social media was an outlet for me to kind of share my knowledge yeah so it was in 2018 yeah. that I spent Matt leave like nine months on Instagram sharing what I thought about money so that's where financial started. How did
0: you come up with the name because it's genius?
1: Well I actually got the Twitter handle in 2016 so this is what this is just a message to people that if you think if there's a business idea that's nagging at you yeah like don't be afraid to act on it because I couldn't believe that I'd got the Twitter handle in 2016 and I only started the page in 2018. That's two years of value that I could have been giving to people. Yeah. And I could have been... That's two more years of failure, like making mistakes and... Yeah, working out what you're doing we're two years behind on
0: our journey because I waited yeah and it was because I worried about what people would think were you purely sharing from a point of expression was it at that point when you started on Instagram you thought you were going to make it a business or was it like no. I know all this I just want it is that when you're excited about something new you want to talk Share about it. it was it mainly that it was just for sharing it definitely yeah. wasn't a business I think I kept
1: looking for that community of people that wanted to take control of their money but didn't want to be too frugal yeah um wanted to be like independent women actually because so much from a female perspective is being dependent on someone else traditionally that there's not a lot you know you can only be what you can see and yeah. so there wasn't that so I think I was kind of filling a vacuum or a void that I didn't yeah. see fulfilling myself um, but no my plan was to work I wanted to be a director of a business I wanted yeah. to um, work in corporate I wanted to be paid really well I wanted to use my money and invest it yeah. um, I definitely wanted to diversify and, and grow investments and stuff so I didn't want to just get a regular job um, but I never wanted to own a business
2: The community that Laura had built was extremely engaged yeah instagram at that time um it was all about hashtags and finding new people and laura was like lo- started to build that community out and then suddenly they felt like when covid hit there was an influx of these communities starting yeah, to yeah, to yeah. build on instagram and i think you kind of rode that wave early on but like laura said to think putting her face was a game changer because yeah. it made it more human yeah like vulnerable with, exactly yeah. with money people are looking the type of people that provide content for money are things like banks. People yeah. don't really have much trust in banks yeah. anymore, especially yeah. females. They always feel white, pale, male, stale. Like that's how people yeah. refer to, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. like financial institutions. So there's so not So take
0: us trust. back to 2020, Holly. So um, how did we start to think, oh, this could be a business? Because obviously you two must have been talking. And
2: I think, Laura, like I said, Laura's community started to grow and my expertise is in... I suppose growing things and, and making money from them yeah. and getting sponsors on board. So Laura was like, I really want to grow this product. I know it's helping people. We were getting really good quality feedback from people that yeah. their lives have been changed. Yeah. So Laura started well, to give the,
1: the playbooks. So actually you just said,
2: yeah, Laura had created a playbook. So all the 10 years of money journey that Laura, had, yeah. she decided that she needed to codify it because the world exploded when COVID happened and you were inundated with people asking for questions, asking for help and laura realized that she needed to be able to scale it yeah so laura would be on instagram at night after working 18 hours a day trying to get people home from wherever they were in the world and refund their money or whatever it might be she was on a big project with the covid thing and she was like i can't this isn't manageable what what can we do yeah and so she codified it and created the playbook which is a step-by-step guide to help people
0: and the playbook when you say codify originally was a pdf with an excel spreadsheet right so you you created which we're, we're going to talk about the the strategy Mm -hmm. if you like um, shortly. But so you wrote everything you knew into an ebook. You also attached, had a spreadsheet with Mm -hmm. it and uh, and you put it online and you were offering it for free
2: at first, weren't you? And it wasn't
0: getting that many downloads, is that right? Oh, we didn't, people weren't really doing it people like this is
2: awesome thank you and then you'd never hear from them again only a couple of people that obviously really wanted needed to get the shit together at that time there was no support from the government it was it was literally if you can really think back it was when everyone you as a business owner were probably going especially events what the fuck am i gonna do yeah it was around that time so a couple of really keen people that really needed to get the shit together like beauty business owners people that were supposed to be going through nhs ivf or whatever it might be were like oh my god like the world's ending um so they went and did it and the feedback that we got from them was incredible you know you can go and do a fitness journey and do yeah. a run yeah watch youtube videos to get fit how many people actually do it but if you hand over money to a personal trainer or a group class gym or whatever it might be that do accountability's it. there yeah. but we've all yeah. done it we all know same with eating healthy yeah. how many people when they go to a nutritionist or a slim or whatever it might be and hand that money over it's just place in that accountability it's,
1: and actually when you learn this in business is is valuing your product mm-hmm. yeah. so by giving it away for free because it was so good and yeah s- like so helpful we kind of devalued it if yeah if it gives away something for free people don't really think it's that valuable yeah. we just picked a random price i think 50 quid yeah, yeah sold six seven hundred in about three four months bear in mind like this wasn't our business then so it was still meant to just help people but because we could go right okay there you go go and do that there you go go and do that and then we were getting feedback on that if you think back to when i said i worked in product the big thing uh, there's there's two things that can help you know whether something's good for this business idea validation so if you've got a business idea right here out there you can get feedback and say, do you think this is good? Now, if you ask your mum, yeah. don't, because she's going to say yes. Yeah, Find your customer, give them the product, and ask them if it's useful then get them to pay for it because they're two different things. Anyone can give, like, I'll say to anyone, oh, it's amazing, like, well done. Yeah. Would you buy it? No, yeah. I wouldn't buy it. If you can find the right person that will pay the right price for your product, that's validation. So someone handing, you know, that probably, I, I can't do the maths, like, ironically, I'm not very good at maths, um, but we made thousands of pounds between that and some sponsorship deals that Holly managed to negotiate with some big finance brands. So we, that's when you go, there's a business in this. And yeah. you know, we were never going to leave our jobs to build a small business yeah. we were part of a big business mm-hmm. what you know I, credit to business owners it is hard mm. we didn't want to just be self-employed or just work for ourselves it, we didn't want that stress yeah but actually when you thought people to hand in over money for this they're telling us it's changing their lives they're telling their friends they're coming there's no better business validation yeah and so that's when we were like okay fuck we're gonna have to do it because yeah. no one else is doing it yeah, so it's yeah, our turn yeah. and let's have a go
0: yeah so you've got the instagram page you do the the, the playbook that starts selling quite a few hundred cro- is that still mm-hmm. for sale now the book Can people still- no, no because we put it in the app behind app, the right. okay yeah. right fine so you did someone accidentally bought one I think not that long ago <laughs> and I was do like it all oh, the time. who <laughs> found that link like, <laughs> that. <laughs> we
1: need
2: to tidy up after ourselves yeah. <laughs> We're leaving a technical
0: trail
1: yeah. I was like well, actually we refunded them I was like that's really expensive come and pay this join our app and we'll give it <laughs> you back
0: and so you so that was out there and then you mentioned that you start so at this point the, the book's out there is that when you both decided right this is going to be a business and then you mentioned sponsorship so Mm -hmm. what was the next step after that?
1: So before the app because that was probably next it was a sponsorship strategy at first because Holly it was just her skill set and she could see the value that our brand was going to give to other brands.
2: Yeah I think when you look again going back to who speaks to people about finance and not many people do it or do it well. We always say personal finance is 90% personal, 10% finance. And I think we, some brands kind of liked what we were doing, speaking directly about money because they couldn't. They're financially regulated. They've got rules that they need to follow. They've got a tone of voice. They have to be that that position of authority if they're taking money off people. And it's just a really complicated web of things that don't work very well in finance. And we just kind of did it. Our content that we created, we were really creative with like reels, Finance content really can be really stiff yeah, and boring, yeah. and I think we just were like, "This is stupid." Like, let's do some funny reels. Let's let's make money personal. And I think th- the brands lent into that, and they liked that we built a community. Yeah, a lot of fintech brands will say that they've got community, whereas actually they've just got a forum of people. Yeah. Asking their users, do they like fun- the functionality within the app? Yeah. Not What are you really worried about? Yeah. And how can we help you? So I think we just created relationships with these brands and we we're a bit ballsy. We we're all like, um, do you want to come and work with us? Because we've built this community of X and we, we can so deliver small
1: Y. If you think about it, we were really like contacting small. the chief marketing officer of Pension B, who had just listed on the stock exchange and he's like, oh my God, I love you guys. When I think back about how small we were. He, why did he
2: take a call with us? Like <laughs> COVID really helped us yeah. as well because COVID allowed us to open so many doors. We could never have just rocked up at Pension B's yeah. office in London and been like, "I'm having a meeting with you." Yeah. Who are you? Whereas we started to build this community. Like laura had got a bit ballsy and just made our connections. We'd never go to the slid into the DM. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You just kind of work it, and like it just allowed you to speak to people that you never would have had yeah. the opportunity to. Yeah. Jumping on a ten minute Zoom call that arguably ended up being an hour because they were just like, tell me more. Yeah. They just love this mm. kind of feedback that we're getting from the community. But if you think about business
1: and bringing it back to that, what we realized was um that's the way that influencers would make money. So, you know, yeah. I'm sure Molly May is next level in terms of like you know, the Beauty Works deals and yeah. the other deals. But that's not a business mm-hmm. that's a self-employed person that generates revenue through sponsorship but yeah. you, I firmly believe and we knew at that time you cannot build a business on the back of sponsorship you know a diff- we had a couple of deals with brands and then a couple of them pulled them Yeah. and it reminded me of you know a business uh, the, the travel business we worked in they were like a, a wonderful travel agency and tour operator yeah. when you're a travel agent you're relying on someone else giving you commission mm. and that commission one day might be 10% and then they might have a board meeting at that company and go okay would you? it to five yeah so for the same amount of work your pro your revenue halves yeah and they decide to be- become a tour operator as well because that's when you're a tour operator you own the product so then you can charge what you can build whatever margin yeah. you want in so there was a difference between having a commission which is based on what someone else says it is yeah uh, and they set the price versus you setting the price and you setting the margin. Yeah. So I always remember, you know, the direct side of the business saying you have to be in control of your own product. And so to... Su- it's like a stark
2: reminder, wasn't it? The day that that budget got pulled, Laura was like, right, we're yeah. changing tactic because we need to be in control of our product. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of, it was a just a nice to have then. Yeah, a, and good, it- a good light
1: bulb moment really to go, it was to, to have a, like, you know, 10 grand worth of revenue pulled was
2: probably one of the best things that could have happened Well, yeah. We're our only business. generating probably, like, triple that in the first like six months or whatever it was a big chunk yeah yeah
0: yeah. so you'd you'd, you've got kind of you've got the book you've got the sponsorship and then then you started to basically decide that we're going to build the book into an app Mm -hmm. Um, and we go back to now the fact that you're not in a tech world apart from your um kind of dealings with digital product within the travel company so now I think anyone like me and Joel say all the time, you, uh, businesses are built out of, which I feel like financial is, out of what problem do you always want solving? You'd solved your own problem, realized like, there's a lot of people like you, shared your journey, which is built a community, which shows there's a need for a business. Mm-hmm. But then it's next level going like, right, okay, we're a startup, so we haven't got you know tens of thousands of pounds in the bank. How do you go about building an app? Like, I'm fascinated. Uh, naivety is amazing. <laughs>
1: um, so I knew, because I, I knew a little bit about our tech and I was like, this is a really simple product. This is essentially a spreadsheet. So the the the, the PDF is text, so yeah. that's just text. And um, the, the way that we built the budget it's like a PL. Yes, so it's different I love that. Oh, and it's it like I was speaking to a guy uh, we interview customers all the time I was speaking to a customer last week who uh, was wonderful before we went on holiday and he said i've never had it explained to me that way it's always 50 30 20 or you know yeah. or put a bit over here and or pay, pay yourself first, first which doesn't mean anything to anyone it doesn't mean anything if you've not got a lot of money um and he said when you explained it like what comes in what goes out what's left it just really helped so then I started to search for no-code solutions, which is a real big tip for anyone thinking that they want to build an app, build a tech product. And yeah. um, there are, like I think, Bubbles, one online place you can go and say, I want to build this. Do you have one ready done? And I'll just put my branding on ah, it. Ah, so it's almost like a template. It's like mm-hmm. a template. Right. So it's called a no-code. It, it means you can build an app without code. Yeah. Um, and it's literally like designing something, yeah. like a Canva. So it's yeah. so easy. So I really, really tried that first because yeah. I knew how expensive tech would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't find anything that would do the way I wanted the budget. There's yeah. lots of budget trackers out there, but I guess you want your point of difference and that was ours. And that's yeah. so why I, I was like, no, we're going to have to build it. And um, then the product director that I used to work with um, back at my last business, had always said this should be digital. I think he found, he thought it would be more like a magazine or a blog or something. Content-driven. Yeah. yeah. But um, I just said to him, it's just going to be too hard and like we can't, we can't afford to pay a developer. And he, he was like, you can... Spec something out really easily, really simple, and go on Upwork, and you will find some international developers that are much more cost uh, effective. And so we did, and like my husband, really, I mean, he worked a lot of hours at his job, but at, at, in the evenings he would help us find the right person online. Yeah. Um, he's non-technical, but he works in tech. He'd written specs for a startup for years. Um, as had Holly's husband. Um, we got the first version built in probably about four months, and it oh. went live in the app store. Oh. October twenty twenty one. And and so we put it live and we sold it from the beginning. You know, some people put it out there and test it and we're like, yeah. no, 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 like we, we already sell this thing, it already works, we've validated it, let's get it into an app form. And it wasn't high tech. Yeah. Um
2: I think someone told us to be extremely scrappy. Like, she was she a really did. successful. S- she was the COO of Beauty Pie. Is. Oh, wow. So funny. yeah. And she's
1: a friend of a friend. So, again, I don't know how we got on a Zoom with her, but we did. And um, we're big Beauty Pie, Beauty Pie fans. Yeah. So, there's a moment of like, hi. Yeah. We love you. <laughs> yeah. And um, she said, be scrappy, like behind the scenes of all the big businesses. It's always scrappy. Don't yeah. think that it's perfect tech perfect yeah.
2: marketing everyone's running around like a headless chicken anyway yeah the um, risk was speaking to a lot of women especially female founders that yeah. are in a startup laura's always like just get it live and they're like no no because i need to make Good sure like that my yeah. brand colors are right and that my logo is correct and I we're like, like if you look at our yeah. logo when we first started you could spend so much time waste yeah. wasting
0: Just a reminder that the best way you can support the show is to subscribe, leave us a five star rating and a little review for what you think of our show wherever you listen to your podcast. It only takes a second and may seem like a small thing, but it helps us rank in the podcast charts, find new listeners and reach even more amazing guests. So with your review, you're actually helping to improve the Anything Is Possible show.
2: Time on things that do not matter, that yeah. don't offer value, that don't grow your business. Laura's biggest thing is like, why why what are you doing? why are you wasting your time why is it not live like, I, yeah, suppose, yeah. I spoke like, to you two weeks ago like and it's a i think it's a female thing yeah and i think we're really lucky with the people that we've met along the way that have just pushed us to just get things live yeah like laura's husband's really good and he's a, he's a perfectionist and he's made our products like sing it wouldn't be live without him we wouldn't have got yeah. here i'd have been like just put it it will be fine yeah and it would have yeah. broke yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. there's an element of making sure that things are right and correct and i've learned that along the way i'm a bit too like oh i'll be fine no no like things don't work and people won't come back. Yeah. So there's an element of, of making sure that things work properly. Don't it. But yeah, I think there's a lot of females that we've spoken to just, just need to get it done. Yeah. They just worry too much. Yeah we had a really good starting point in that we built a community of people so one thing that people need to be mindful of when they're just going to launch a product out into the universe is if you've not kind of built an audience beforehand you're not going to get that magic first day where you like press go and then you sell out of whatever you're selling or whatever it might be you have to build that audience let's actually circle back
0: to that then so your community was it purely sat on instagram did you have a facebook group where where were they all
1: just instagram i think we we Dallied in other social platforms. Yeah. And I think what we'd learned early on is you've got to double down on one and and, yeah. and our user was there. And this this thing about being obsessed with your customer um, is really important. You know, originally I think we thought, oh, it's female and everyone yeah. it's it's all females because everyone uses money. Yeah. But it really isn't. And I think we would have been a lot if you think about some of the things we did in the early days, we'd have been a lot more quicker for doubling down on yeah. that and going, she's here she manages money already, or she's got something going on in her life. Like, you've got to build up this persona. You're scared
2: to pull your demographic down because you think that that means your business is going to be small. Yes. Do you know what I mean? There's that fear of being like pinpointing an age group because you're like, oh, that means that like 75% of the population is not going to use the product. And it's like, well, of course they're not because... What? what I liked about what you said when I've been doing my
0: research is female-focused but not female-exclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I've always said with Anything Is Possible. We're naturally attracting a female audience, yeah. but it's absolutely open to anybody, you know. But you, but at some point, you've got to, you know, narrow your marketing to speak to the person that's speaking to you, don't you, essentially? Yeah. So with it been Instagram and in the community, community there, so they weren't talking to each other, that community, they were talking to you, would you say?
1: And each other in the comments. We did have a ah. period before launching the app we created a community off the platform on a p- piece of software called Mighty Networks and yeah. it was like a forum so it wasn't we did a facebook group but people weren't on facebook they were on instagram so it was kind of sending them there but this community worked really well actually it for did. a small period COVID of time. again <laughs> it was it was a place where people were sharing wins sharing stories um in actual fact what's going to be exciting is so so that then that then we wound down and we created a whatsapp group yeah because we didn't want multiple platforms so we knew we, we knew when we launched the app in fact, we, know we still had community open in that mm-hmm. for a year. You could get to it from it, but you'd be taken off. But they had a safe space to talk yeah. about money with like-minded men and women, but mainly women and people on a journey, you know, people are embarrassed sometimes to say, I'm I'm going on a debt-free journey or yeah. I'm managing my money there's some really cool tiktoks at the moment coming out where people are doing debt-free journeys and they're documenting it some really Love cool that. cool influences you know normal ladies and girls that you don't think would talk about that and I think they're gaining traction because it's a it's quite a private thing to then go yeah I'm doing this and um, so they had that space we then closed it down when we were built when we and we put a WhatsApp group together because it was just too many platforms. Yeah. People use WhatsApp already. So for a temporary period, we knew it was fine. But one of the reasons, one of the meetings I've done this morning before this podcast was with our developers in um Thailand. in Thailand who are building the community. So that's going in app. Ah. So a new feature that's going to be live soon, well, in weeks even a couple of weeks, is going to be a community within the app. So there's going to be a safe space. And there's two reasons for that. One we want to bring it onto the app like it, you've got to make the product sticky and valuable in a yeah. whatsapp group you know if if meta goes down tomorrow or, or decides to close whatsapp we've yeah. suddenly lost that but the other thing is people can't go back and search, but if you join it today, yeah. you don't see the magic of all these people's wins and experiences yeah. and losses and upset. And you know, that's real human stories. I want you to be able to come in today and, and see that. Yeah. And um, The other element to it is we are now global and we yeah. never set out to be. Um, it's funny when you build a business plan and you go, okay, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do England, and then we might do Ireland, <laughs> and then we might do, I don't know what like France say. You've got this, we'll do Europe next. It just doesn't work like that. It might do if you're like, you're building stores or like if you were going to build like an office, you're going to, yeah. you can choose where that office goes. But actually inbound, if a Swedish company comes to you tomorrow and say, we want you to be our events company and 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 pay the, the right amount of money for it, you might suddenly have a Swedish office. Yeah. The customers dictated it. Yeah. So we went viral on TikTok. I know we're jumping ahead here, but suddenly we're like, oh my God, we're American now. Like, what do we do? Yeah, we have to yeah. move to New York. Like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> Where should we live? Can the kids come? You know, we're already like, it yeah. was quite overwhelming. Yeah. And so, community, what's going to be able to happen is we don't know about um American finance. We're not here to advise people on how to do a 401k, which is a pension in America. We're here to help you manage money, which is the same globally. Yeah. But actually, if you have a specific question, there might be another American that can help yes. you with that. So with Community In-App, we're going to be able to facilitate, actually, people, you know, we've got Ukrainians in the app, they might want to speak to another Ukrainian yeah. directly. Yeah. And we can just go, here you go.
0: Okay, so your community sits uh, on Instagram now, on TikTok. Um, have you done anything in real life with your community or is it purely online at the
2: moment? Yeah. I think there's a massive space for it. Like Laura envisaged a financial conference where we get yes. people together and talk about, money and just but in like them. a fun way like yeah. loud music
1: smoke machines yeah. like yeah yeah getting people excited about money um Shake i think anything up. is possible helped us do a little bit of that deliver yeah. that kind of keynote um you know and, and and the next keynote we do i want like a tony robbins style yeah get your ass in gear and I'm here to tell you this is how you do it and that it's not going to be easy and and it's tough and it's personal. So, you know, would you really want to come to a money conference? No.
0: I think as well with something like that, it's good to do the do while you're there. So I think something that I think we'll probably do more with than anything is possible is actually it's all very well listening and saying, you're going to take this workbook away and do this if you you make them do it in the moment. moment. And that's what Tony Robbins is amazing at. I mean, his conference is four days, but you do the work Mm -hmm. while you're there. Allowing people, firstly
1: women, to switch off, whether whether you're a busy worker, whether you've got a family, whatever it is. We don't switch off. Um, I remember we were talking about the the gym I'm at, like, the first... Workout I did it was like a like a is You can't think about anything else other than workout because yeah, you're yeah, tired and yeah. it's intense and you're not thinking about your to do list and stuff. You are just all in. Yeah. The same thing for for like a in person thing. You're doing it for you. Yeah. So you're committing that time. Yeah. The other thing is meet, meeting like minded people yeah. because these people have been like you know been through divorce, death. They've lost a job. They're, they're trying for a baby. Debt. Yeah. Th- they're overwhelmed by debt. They're embarrassed about debt and suddenly they're in this safe space and and. I think we've got an obligation to provide that physical yeah. space for our community. Yeah,
0: Definitely. And so you're so you've you've built the community. And I think what's amazing about what you've done is the marketing side because it for anyone I'm sure everyone will be going to Instagram and TikTok and an app now to look at it, but it looks really nice. Um you use memes. I mean, so talk to us about that strategy.
2: Has that come from both of you? Yeah, it did come from us. I think we looked at the market and we were like, It's really boring, it's not inspirational, it's not motivating, it's not humor, like pointing, I think memes became a big thing on Instagram, um, where you make fun of people or or even yourself. So a lot of the content that we create is based on things that we do. So. I don't know, when we used or to have a credit the, card. In or in the, the community. In the community,
1: WhatsApp groups. Yeah, and... a lot of the
2: content's inspired by the people that use our product. Yeah. So it, it, again, it's like finding your people. So if yeah. if they're, it's that if that's their struggle, it's someone else's, and it just helps to find mm-hmm. those people. I think I just envisioned that we would have this amazing like aesthetic brand that people would want to be associated yeah. with, and, and you'd, that you'd take pride in sharing with people. Like, there's nothing better than meeting someone and be like, look at our app, isn't it amazing? Uh, but we were envisaging like, billboards, like yeah. out of home advertising, like TV advertising, sponsorship at big conferences. Like I think we could just see early on that our brand should be seen by people. Yeah. It was going to help people. So make it fun, make it yeah. look good, make it be something that people want to be involved in. I think
0: what I want to touch about is personal brand.
2: Cause you're both quite
0: different. Like how have you both got different opinions on personal brand?
2: I don't think we have different opinions. I think we have different roles. So I'm yeah. very much, like, you really won't see me on a podcast. Like This is probably the first one I've done where I've been recorded, or if not the second one. <laughs> I'm very much um, back of house, yeah. and that's how I like it.
1: We've both got stuff we want to say. Yeah. And we've both got things we want to share. I think I tend to... Because- the financial was built on the back of my story. Yeah. It's just more authentic if I continue to do it. Just as how I would like to think one of our community members could as well, because it's 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 a methodology and it's it's consistent and it doesn't change. Um, brands are really important, people buy from people. Yeah. Um, and we that is where PRs come from from us. So a really the what Holly said, we thought we needed PR early on. When you're a consumer brand, um, more than B2B I think that PR is you can't afford it not at the rate that you know PR companies deserve to charge you know to be able to sustain their yeah their outgoings and when you're a brand new startup, you shouldn't be sending money to PR because yeah. you need to be developing the product. And quite frankly, if you can't sell your product, yeah. someone else is going to struggle. Yeah. So in those, you know, we will, as we grow, we'll get more help. We'll probably outsource some PR or we'll Absolutely. get some help. But when you're early, you have to, and I think I said this on, um, you know, recently on another podcast um, with, with the pitch was talk about your customer talk about your product talk about it on linkedin talk about it on instagram talk about your value point and your customer's problem and if you do publications are interested in using you as a thought leader for that and as a trusted voice
0: so if somebody's starting a business now and is a b2b uh, sorry b2c consumer product or, or or tech or app so what would be your like top tips for pr because just for our listeners, you are now a regular contributor on TV. you yes. Money Live. So tell us how you've got from spending nothing on PR to being on national TV.
1: Consistently talking about personal finance in a way that's accessible. So if you think about if you have a new fitness brand, yeah. what's different about your brand? And that's your differentiator anyway for your customers. So you yes. should always be, providing value that's directly linked to your product over and over and over again. You know, and we it, it's also not a straight line to BBC Morning Live. You know, it was it's networking, it's building relationships. You yeah. so you you help connect us connect us there with 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 your connections. Yeah. That was a year ago. And, yeah. then, you know, I was um eight days from giving birth doing 13 in a row BBC interviews on the budget and it was boring yeah and I don't like talking about that because that's not relevant to my user but I know that the end goal there's a bigger game at play like if I could get on BBC radio and people know that I won't swear which is really hard not to because we swear a lot and that I I actually will even speak on something that's not quite what I would usually do but I will do my research it'll be proper um you know then suddenly I'm on on um with Nikki Campbell then Adrian Charles and then suddenly and Vic Hope when I was on Radio 1 with Vic Hope I was like I am not cool enough to be on Radio 1 (laughs) (laughs) it just snowballs so it's about contributing regularly on your personal channels and then accepting opportunities when they come and they're not always game changers people think you go morning live and you get a million downloads i never mention financial that's not why i go on you know i don't go on to promote our company it's a longer game but if i can i mean it's fun to go on i i I love thinking that our way of finance could make a difference so tomorrow we're going to be doing one on pensions pensions is boring but actually we're talking about pension consolidation so if if i can put a financial brand twist on it and make it fun and a bit of a uplifting experience. And we can get a woman or a man that's watching that program to take action We've done our job, but you do
0: spin it because um, we'll come to sort of your relationship with with us. But um you said to our team, "Are you investors?" And everyone went no. And then you went, "Have you got a pension? So you're an investor." I love and that then it's one. So like, it, it
2: yeah, makes everyone go, "Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe this is for me." Kind of like they yeah. their interest. And no, yeah, go, I'm going to oh. go buy a power suit because I'm don't have, an investor. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go and do something. You're not saying to someone like, "Go and do something." It's like, no, you're already doing it. Yeah. So tick that. Yeah, you know, because people yeah. always go, "I oh, want to start investing," but you know, then forgotten about it when I walk out the room. Like I yeah. said with the t- robbins thing but you're doing it already yeah. okay so it gives you a little bit of confidence yeah. on the pr side of things i think what's really interesting for
0: probably our listeners is that um you know when we did the anything is possible conference obviously some of the speakers were paid some weren't we gave people the opportunity to say you you guys spoke didn't charge us but then you were in a room in front of the producer emma morris of um of, of bbc morning live and then you got the call to go on the show and i think it is that thing about um you know, you've got to sometimes give to the right things to get back. And I think then it's about in business relationships, and this comes from my side, is then for, for people that you do give to, to to essentially not take the piss. So you came and trained our team, which obviously we, we wanted to pay you for. And it's that kind of give, take of building relationships with people where, you know, at some point you're going to have to give a bit more and some point you're going to get back.
2: Another piece of advice to someone, like you really have to say yes to to when way. you're starting the business. Yes. But, but then there comes a point where you have to go, we have to say yes to the right things, yeah. and we've the amount of time we've ummed and ahd about some things that we've done, and then they've delivered so much value and yeah. stuff where we've gone, this is going to be amazing. It's going to yeah. make us like we're, we're in it here, does nothing. and it is absolutely nothing. And that that's just a period of learning. You have to yeah. say yes to then work out what's going to be valuable yeah. and what what value you can offer people. You're not always going to get something yeah. back, and that's okay. In like the tech world.
1: Um, there's a massive issue with the underfunding of female founders. Uh, that's not just the tech world, but the tech world is where big money is raised and big money is made yeah. and it's always uh, young white men or like middle-aged yeah. white men yeah. who have rich connections or they've worked in big tech startups, yeah. they've been to the right universities in America, in, 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 Lon- in London and so um, there's lots of people trying to look like they're helping women yeah. so we are often asked to be the token female on a on a um, panel yeah and it's important to represent and to go to some of these things and we've got some really supportive networks tech networks in the north that we do like to go yeah we will you know we're doing one this week um for, for a northern organization but the volume of requests we get that's a waste of my time if i do that panel every day this week to help lots of other people and it's and actually, some of the times I don't enjoy them because I yeah. kind of look at the room and go, well, none of you are going to invest in us. Yeah. None of you are going to invest in another female, but you'll listen to me. You know, we just have to, like Holly said, start to say no. And actually, one, speak to audiences that are relevant to our audience. And two, do things we like. Like, we like yeah. this. Yeah. This is what we like doing. But the big thing with PR is know your value and speak about it. And if you don't know your value, why are you doing it? Why, why is your like dress company or candle company or tech company yeah. better or different to someone else? Because if you don't know it and you can't speak about it, why should
0: someone buy from you? You know, It really helps you be disciplined and articulate your value proposition. Yeah. You talk very much about how data is driven, your obsession with data has driven your community and growth how if you've got a community so we might have listeners that have got like a facebook community or an instagram as you had how will we get extracting data from that like to be able to make decisions Data's massive and it, it can be a little
1: overwhelming. Um, and there's a bit of data that we won't talk about, which is the data we're collecting in the app all the time because yeah. it's all anonymised, but the numbers was really important to us from the start. Like i our ultimate goal is to increase the net worth of everyone. Yeah. So it's really important for us to get as many people as possible to complete their budgets or, or their net worth tracker or their debts because we can aggregate it all up and say, I guess like, like a calorie counting or a weight loss thing or a miles run on strava that's community data so there's one side to it which is like valuable data knowing this is working for people because these numbers are going in the right direction yeah. the other data is um you you have to be data focused and you can start small um because how do you know you're working the right numbers so so kpis paid subscribers is our like north star metric because if they're paying us we're making money as a business yeah. and we are delivering value so there's, yeah. there's two things there so there's little ones like churn and stuff but that's for the for, that's for the product side so knowing in your business what you're what what number do you want to move and picking one of them? Yeah, and then as doubling a, down as, as, a it, team as a small going, business. Probably. How do we move that
2: number? Absolutely, yeah. everyone focus and double down on that because there's so much data out there and yeah. so much that we could be looking at. And our heads have been turned in the past by like, oh, we need to improve this number and this one and this one and this one. Well, as a team of three, that's never going to yeah. happen. Yeah. So if you think if if you think
1: paid subscribers is our north star and we want to increase it. We sit around as a team and go, okay, what can we do to move that number? So then you go the next layer down and you go, okay, where do our downloads come from? Because getting more users and and then later you work at converting them yeah. will help drive that number. And so then we come to social data. Yeah. So um, we look at Channel so which channel works and for a long time it was Instagram yeah and we tried TikTok and we were just like it's not delivering the numbers and that's why you look at the data because you can look at um it's called attribution is what we what yeah. we learned um not that long ago really it's probably <laughs> a year ago and an attribution is where did the users come from so we had a big spike why yeah always ask why because if you don't know you could go right we're gonna go set up a Pinterest page <laughs> yeah. and you, you know and no one's coming from there yeah. but someone Something happened that day, what happened? And um, we, when we, we, we spoke to a couple of the business owners, female consumer businesses, amazing, and they said, you just gotta keep trying at TikTok. You're not trying properly because we kept going it's rubbish. It's not good for us. Yeah. Like it must must be for product businesses. We kept we saying kept that, dab- didn't we? We just
2: kept dabbling, yeah. And then doing ex- we're really experiment driven in our business. Oh yeah. So we're big on ex- growth experiments. So like Laura said when she was saying, your know, first step is where are the downloads coming from, and then find out where they're from, and then really doubling down on that. When when we say that, we mean we're doing experiments all the time to see how we can yeah. do it again. How can we get that yeah. effect again? So so
1: we thought Instagram was the winner, right? Yeah. What's happened with Instagram recently is it's really hard to grow. Um, Virality is really difficult there. So to be, for loyalty, it's great because our users are there. But for new people, our numbers just don't move. Like it's really hard to grow now on Instagram. And if other people are feeling that, don't feel like it's you. It's just Mm -hmm. really hard to be discoverable. So then when we decided to do an experiment, which was TikTok once a day um, on Genuine problems that we're seeing in our app, like, uh, yeah. in our WhatsApp group. So like Holly said, user problems. Let's create content around that, but let's go all in. So Lucy, our amazing content creator, was given the space and the freedom within that remit of use, use our customer problems, just go, go on it. TikTok. You're not going to mess up. We're not going to expect a million download, a million views. Just, just don't worry. That was our experiment. And it was slow, 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 slow viral. Wow. And if we hadn't have, and we thought Instagram was good, time. Instagram does not send us downloads now. We wow. do it because we like it. It was our home. Our users are there. Some of them, every, all the attention's on TikTok now. Wow. We, we I mean, sharing numbers, I think we had a, do we have a 10,000 day? Yeah. Recently? 10,000 downloads in a day. Oh, wow. On the app? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd, and we'd not had 10,000 in total at that point. Wow. Prior to that point. So yeah. then you sit there and go, okay, Why? Yeah. What was it about that one? Was it the sound that we used, the trend at the time, the content? What What was it? Oh, let's just do more of that. Most people will have heard on YouTube of Mr. Beast. So, Mr. Beast is this YouTuber who he, I think he got offered a billion for his channel and he was like, nope. Like, he, he just earned so much money from it. When you listen to interviews with him about his content creation, he is like, he would pay $5,000 for a good what's it called, the front screen, thumbnail. Like, he he knows the ones that work, the ones don't. So when you layer all these things on, what does the thumbnail look like? What does the caption say? Which captions work best? At what point do they drop off in the video? Why do they drop off in the video? It's actually trying really hard and getting better at the thing you're doing, like taking pride in it. So not just whacking a video out there, which yeah. honestly we, we we still do and we have done, but it works best when you use the data to learn from it. And it's um create a formula. Yeah. It's a it's a circle, it's a cycle. And you just every little all these little increments all add up. And then a platform like TikTok, if it works it flies. It, yeah, really it does. rewards
2: yeah. you. Do you like yeah. Instagram? You try so hard creating amazing <laughs> yeah. content. Like your content is so good. Yeah. It should be seen by millions of people. And unfortunately, they've messed around with the algorithm so much trying to replicate a TikTok or whatever it might be. And I feel like they've kind of like punished really yeah. good content yeah. creators.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so in your team now, how many... Who's in your team now? Not enough people. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm listening to you all the things that you're doing, and I'm like, how the hell are you doing all that? And i think doing it so well.
1: I think what's important to remember as well is tech is really expensive. You need cash to build a product. Yes. So it's, you know, bootstrapping in tech is incredibly difficult. It yeah. really is. Unless you are a developer and you can code. Yeah. You need investment or you need cash to build the early product, and then you get sales in. But our sales are still low in uh, value because it's a, a consumer product. If yeah. you're selling a tech platform to a business for like ten grand a month, yeah. you can understand how you do it. But what the what the industry does is it um raises money, you so you sell a bit of equity like on Dragon's Den. you yeah. sell ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent for a load of cash and you use that cash and you use it to build to build and and that'll last you twelve months or twenty four months and by that point you probably have to raise again and you raise again. And um that's the where we, we've done a little bit of it. We've not gone all in as much as other people have.
2: I feel like the day we decided to raise money was the day that we were like... Have we failed at this because we thought we could do it on our yeah. own? And so it was just really- to be clear, you bootstrapped it. Bootstrapped. And what did you use? Was it the funds from the
0: ebook? Did you use your own personal funds? We've never. So I sold a Chanel
1: handbag and a Celine <laughs> and- handbag. <laughs> I keep
0: telling Joel they hold their value.
1: Absolutely yeah. do. And I, so I sold them, probably for not enough, um, early on to pay for a designer and a website to design the PDF up to look impressive that. and a website. So I, I said that, so that's the only money. So like a couple of thousand pounds has gone into this business initially from, from us. Like,
0: the irony of that, the Chanel bag that you probably bought when you were a lawyer is yes. like actually built the yeah, website. Yeah, Celine
1: I bought in Paris. I remember that. Oh. And it was just like, do you know, it was it was the one that Kim Kardashian had. So probably a couple, two to four K is probably what oh, we've put yes. in. What you realise is um, when, in, when it comes to consumer, you need scale. Yeah. So I think I was talking earlier about how this happens is um, you take on investment because the idea is you grow the business that big that there's um, an exit event later where someone buys the business off you or buys some of it, and then the investors and you have cash. So that's how investing works. That's why in tech people raise money. When you hear about yeah. all these raises, you think, why are they raising 2, 3 million? It's because they want to sell for 100. Yeah. So that's why the maths works because I, I used to think – they raised 3 million how do they pay that back like that's a lot they, of money so this is
0: what because we've never had investment and mm-hmm. I've always been like I don't get it like if it yeah so I, I get where your head was at like and and we, we decided this thing
1: so we, we launched the app in the app store and it had been going so well for a couple of months but the revenue so low so we could have gone, oh, we're not making a lot of money. Let's start this business. But what you understand is you need scale. And if you have a lot of people spending twenty three ninety nine, and maybe later you could do extra products. We've not talked about that. and I don't think we will. But we could make money at this. Actually, this is a viable business and it's a viable business that could make someone else money as well. So let's take angel investment so we took um you know a few hundred thousand pounds um, a lot less than our competitors and a lot less than other tech businesses i think we still got that northern bootstrap mentality quite yeah, like no. stubborn yeah, like, I like, like female like yeah. we can do it yeah, absolutely we'll right, exactly. yeah. take it all on yeah. that um that <laughs> that that helps you it's called seed money yeah we, it it seeds the business. And so a lot of big businesses wouldn't happen without investment because you don't make the break-even point a lot further in the future. In fact, a lot of big tech businesses don't don't break even Mm. and people buy them for different reasons. So when you come back to team, we were so small because we, we, we don't make a lot of money. It starts to grow, though. It's compounding. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, users stay with us. More users come in, they pay. More users yeah. come in, they pay. Um, and so we would love to have a bigger team, but we split it up into contractors and fractional, so buying p- some pieces of people's time. It's a really good tip, actually, for people that want to scale and grow a business, but you don't want to start handing out, you know, 50 grand salaries, 60 grand salaries because revenue is low. Um, you can buy... P- pieces of people's time. You yeah. know, I'm not even talking about consultants or coaches, gen- there's, there's really doers. good senior doers that go, yeah, you can have a day a week of, of my time. One comment, it sounds
2: really obvious, and I'm definitely gonna share it with people because it's, it's, it's so obvious. When we were doing really well on TikTok and doing the experiments and we were doing one post a day, our fractional CMO was like, <laughs> Why don't you do two? And we're yeah. like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is an idea. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, because you're doubling oh, your it's opportunity. Yeah. It's so, when he said it, I felt like the most stupidest person <laughs> yeah, in the no, world. It was like, too, yeah. <laughs> so he earned his money that day yeah. because we did two. Yeah. And, and then we got double the opportunity of hitting yeah. a viral video. And we yeah. were like, Jesus Christ, you know, you're just, you're in the business and, and oh. you're doing all these things. And it, sometimes it pays. Like we were really stubborn, like Laura said, at first we were just like, we're not paying for that. We can do this. We yeah. can do this. And that self belief all the way through it was really, helped us and the naivety and all those things but actually sometimes getting the expertise of someone like some of our investors and our angel investors add so much value shortcuts
1: yeah, yeah shortcuts a lot of this as well is about pace so you know I get frustrated when I see female business owners moving too slow and like we said before like there's a design and the logo before they've made a sale. Yeah. And I think there's a bit of reluctance to put yourself out there, a bit of reluctance to make sure you want it right. Um, what's important for us is pace. If you think about it, we need to grow and grow and grow and grow uh, to get our revenues in a place where this is a large, large business. Yeah. Help, help, and that's a good point as well. I think you've mentioned it before. We wanna help millions of people. Our product works, so why shouldn't our product be in the hands of people in the Philippines and people in Austria and, you know, thousands of people in the UK? Because the more people that hold it in their hand, the more people we're helping. So raising money helps us do that. You know, we we will raise again, we'll raise again in the future because it'll allow us to get more people in the team to reach more people yeah. so it's like
0: it's all this yeah it's yeah. a bit of a pattern what is the state of the business today so the app was released in October 21 how many subscribers do you have how many followers do you have across all the platforms where are we at this moment in time
1: so we're probably hitting seventy thousand downloads wow. which is a number that you know initially we we got a 400 month we'd be like oh my god it's amazing you know yeah. and i if i think about is that like a taylor swift concert if you think yeah. about how many people that is that yeah. have the app yeah, um, and we're that's
0: what I mean you guys just relate it back to the <laughs> yeah, <platform>. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: and then um, you know probably like ugh, looking at 5,000 paying users wow so I mean that's massive to have 5,000 yeah. paying users that hand over that money to you yeah. every month that you know we're telling people to stop spending money but they spend it on us yeah. so we're Oxymore. and imagine trying to convince someone to cut the subscriptions but not to cut the financial yeah. subscription yeah um so, you know, that's the, the big goal for us, because we're, we're not far off genuinely, we could probably run the business without Investment, investment. yeah. So, but to grow more quickly, we we will probably take on investment. You know, we've got a a goal to turn over a million a year, and that's the next big goal that we have to chase after. It's it's kind of a big point for a business to know that this is sustainable as a business. Yeah. But the really big thing about um about tech, but I would really encourage regular business owners as well outside of the world of tech to do this is look at your pace of growth. Mm -hmm. So pace is really important for us to know that we if you think money in the stock market grows 9% roughly year on year there's downs and ups but so and inflation's running at about 9% you need to be growing at 9% just to stay the same mm-hmm. so really being able to grow like 10% month on month is like or 5% month on month is a is a really good goal to look at doing because you can start small but you know don't stay the same. Like you'll have ups and downs, you'll have COVID years, you'll have boom years, but trying to look at how you can set these mini goals for yourself and your team and then, yeah. and then work towards those and pat yourself on the back once a month. Cause we do that. We have a monthly review and go, didn't we do well this year?
0: Yeah, month? yeah, yeah. And so, um, what, how do you, so going back to you as individuals, you're a mum of three, you're a mum- Two. two. Um, how do you organize your days? Cause there's so much you're looking after.
1: Um, we have really supportive and practically supportive husbands. So yeah. it really annoys me when I see the woman doing the bulk of the childcare. It comes out a lot in our content because when you look at finance gaps, women are paid less. And they have uh, take more time off with the children, but then when they come back part time, um, sometimes on their terms, but sometimes not. Sometimes
2: it's nurseries are unaffordable, and they weren't the breadwinner. So if one person's going to stop working, it's the person that earns less. So that's generally the woman so yeah. then she doesn't get the opportunity to progress in her career so therefore yeah. she's never going to make that yeah. up and then there's a big sandwich generation whereby they'll finish work early to look after elderly parents over the partner because again they earn less you yeah. so have to
1: have really organized calendars we carve out time for exercise which keep gives us the energy to keep going yeah um and we will work in the evenings when the children are asleep but Calendars are everything and there's still not enough time and yeah. um, I think also focus on the right things So we've got better at knowing what drives a number again coming back to the KPI and yeah. um, you can be busy fools yeah. I've got loads of random stuff. I could fill my day with and I'm sure yeah. you're the same yeah. So making sure that the stuff in the calendar are things that move that number yeah. Helps to know okay. We're like we're on the right track. We we have um like a board meeting once a quarter yeah. with our investors and we ha- we do a monthly update to our investors. We don't need to, but we like doing it and yeah. it's really helpful. I always think, what do I wanna put in, the, say at the beginning of the month, what do I wanna put in that? Because we say we say some of the like the numbers that we hit, but we also say some of the nice things like Beauty Morning Live, or we did a charity thing, or we we had a viral TikTok, and here it is. You know, they must get some really boring updates. So we want (laughs) ours to be very financial. So it's got emojis, and it's not a report like it's on Notion. It's it's very aesthetic, (laughs) and we want to say what we've done that month actually made a difference yeah so sometimes looking ahead to go what do we want to say in that one What what's going to be let's make sure what we're doing reflects that yeah um so it's really busy but using tools working remotely coming into an office all those things help to come to it being a well-oiled machine like holly says our next challenge will be scaling the team yeah and being able to keep that momentum yeah
0: Like, we all have our Achilles heel. Our thing that, like, is our, can knock us off track or can affect our self-esteem. When I meet you two, I'm like, oh, my God, I just feel like I learn so much off you every time. And I go away thinking, why did I think of that? Why am I not doing that? They just know everything. But what is, what would you say is the thing you have to, you know, in and outside of work, either, you have to really work hard on to keep in check? Maybe start with you, Holly. Um,
2: Prioritisation, probably. Mm -hmm. Um... Sometimes I'm guilty of not um, giving myself enough time to do mm-hmm. things and mm-hmm. like like busy family, like two young kids, two boys, boisterous, drain <laughs> the energy. Like they give yeah. the energy, but they also drain the energy. Um, so sometimes I don't prioritize things like making sure that I do like meditation or like, yeah. r- like should be really good at doing like gratitude, like writing three things yeah. a day that went really well. I can sometimes um, focus on the negative because it's yeah. life, so I yeah. find life, quite difficult with yeah. two young kids and then running a business so what about you
1: I just have a very busy mind as well and yeah. there's, I think what there's so much in my he- there's a lot, a lot of things going around at the moment about ADHD and the different levels mm-hmm. of it and and yeah. actually there's a big thing in, in the founder and tech world that most yeah. business owners probably have an element yeah. of it you know big picture and then I've not got so like <laughs> and then i have not got the energy or then I've just dis- I'm distracted and I've sh- so I'm very g- what I'm upset about sometimes is there's a really good creative idea or thing and I've nowhere to drop it sometimes I'll just send it to Holly and she'll just handle it for me and put it somewhere because I'm on the go all the time and and again with kids it's very you know you're juggling all the time and you're juggling a house and a family um so I think I probably don't delegate well enough to the team, um, or maybe have that like assistant, virtual assistant or like AI yeah. assistant, whatever it is. Um, and I'm working on that, i been asking some of the other female founders, like what do you do with tasks that you need to do, ideas you have, and then the ability to, to prioritize them and do them. I just worry we leave stuff on the table. Like, yeah. I don't want to leave a stone stone unturned. Yeah. So when you say like, you've got lots of ideas and you like talking to us, those are like f- brewings all the time. Yeah where can people find Financial first of all? the yeah, App store. You'll search for Financial and no one else comes up because we've got a name like no one else. So follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well. And um, we'll at least give you those regular reminders to you know
0: take back control of your money and you'll see hopefully our business grow. So as we close the podcast, uh, the question I ask everybody is, please tell me what does Anything Is Possible mean to you?
2: I think we've kind of just covered it in here. We've come from a place, no technical experience very little money very little knowledge but we've created a global business that people that's changing people's lives so i think we are the epitome of anything is possible
1: and um it it means just trying so don't begin with the end in mind but be be brave enough to fail because like holly said at the beginning if we knew what it would have taken we probably wouldn't have done it yeah so i think you know feel the fear and do it anyway is yeah. a great phrase because anything is possible we, we we did not know we were going to be here and who knows who we're going to be in five years time but if you sit on the fence you know i remember the twitter handle 2016 yeah left it too long so just do and you know you'll find out what's possible just do
0: it yeah well girls you continue to inspire me i'm so glad you're part of our family here and um yeah thank you so much and your busy schedules for joining the podcast thank
2: Thank you for for having us
0: Just a reminder that the best way you can support the show is to subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and a little review for what you think of our show wherever you listen to your podcast. It only takes a second and may seem like a small thing, but it helps us rank in the podcast charts, find new listeners and reach even more amazing guests. So with your review, you're actually helping to improve the Anything Is Possible show. <laughs>